seasons of episodes and seasons. We're on the third season of this show. We're on, you know what? We've got some seasons in our life. And uh, I'm just going to tell you what they are, and then I'm going to dive into each one. It won't be a long message, but I wanted to give you some insight on where we are as a people. Because some of us don't understand where we are. So before the world was made, number one, here on earth, heaven or hell, a thousand year reign, new heaven and new earth. There is the seasons. God is everlasting. Do we agree? God is everlasting from before we were born. God is everlasting after we leave this planet. So before the world began, we were gods in God's heart before the earth was even made. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. John 17, 24 says this, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So Jesus is with God before the foundation. And then Ephesians 1, 3 through 4, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So do you know that you were already there before the world was made? Incredible. I, I, we're eternal. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're not God. Okay, but we are eternal beings. And he had us already planted in his heart before we were even born. Wow. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner, which is Paul talking, but be thou partaker of our afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to what we do, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He already knew the blessings you were going to have. He already knew what he wanted to bless you with before you were even born. He knew who you were going to marry. He knew how long you were going to be married, and he knew the days of your life. First, uh, it says in Titus 1, it says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, and hoping eternal life, which God cannot lie, promised before the world began. Okay, let's set that record straight. You are not a mistake. 
you've been ordained, you weren't supposed to live in the covered wagon days. You were to live today. He's ordained you and called you out of the womb. Matter of fact, he's even called you by name from the womb. Maybe your parents didn't name you what God was going to name you, but he has a name. It says right here in Isaiah 49.1. Listen to me and hearken, you people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. He already knows your names. That's an amazing God. I have to tell you, I mean, for, him, for us to be with him in his heart before the world was made. Okay, let's get that straight. That's season one. Season two. Now you go, poof, now you're on earth. You popped out of your mom's belly, and here you are on earth. This is what I call the dash. And I, I think you've heard it a lot in the funerals where they would say uh, 1926 to 2021, and in between is this dash, mm -hmm. 19 uh, to dash 2021. That little dash is what that person did with their life. That's how much we have. We just have, what are you going to do with your dash? Here's what I came up with this morning as I was thinking about it. Want your dash to last? Then blast the past. Want your dash to last? Then blast the past. Because everything that robs you of today comes from yesterday. Do you agree? What they did to me, how they treated me, how I was raised, how I was born. I have some regret. I have some resentment. I have unforgiveness because of what somebody did that yesterday. I want to bring up Wanda. If you want to look at someone who has lived a hundred years and how she lived to be a hundred years old, you have to go talk with her and ask her, what have you been doing all your life? And I came to a conclusion here after observing, talking with a few people. She delights herself in the Lord. And it says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, when I first started coming to church here, and she would come when Jeanette was cleaning, she would sit in the back. And she would just like, <coughs> she's praying. She's a praying woman. She loves God. She just loves coming to this church and being in God's presence. She forgives. There's some things in her life. I could make her really upset, but she goes, oh, no, forgive. <laughs> she forgives. No regrets. <laughs> she loves, forgets what is behind, looks forward, trusting always in all things, doesn't worry, doesn't, bow, uh, doesn't doubt, hasn't any fear that I'm aware of, no jealousy or envy. Does that make a healthy person? Yes. Now, what if, get this. You are full of regrets, you don't love, you forget everything, and you remember everything bad. You don't look forward, you always look back at what's going on, who hurt you, who did this. Don't trust in anything, but just a couple of things. You constantly worry, you constantly doubt, you're constantly in stress, you have fear, you're jealous and envious. Now how does that person feel? Sick, poor. We talked about it in the Bible school today, about are you going to obey? What are the things that he said in, in that passage when you read it? I love that, that 
You live obediently. You obey his commandments. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Now, of course, we all hear people go, well, religion is just a, a lot of rules and regulations. Um, no, they're not seeing it correctly. Because if I really loved Jesus, I'd want to do what he said. I wouldn't question it. I would go, oh, I trust him. Because he loves me, I'm going to do what he says. No. I'm not like, oh, I have to obey. Oh, it's so hard. No, it's not hard if you love them. Well, we got to really look at other people's lives that have lived along. Sally, talk to Sally. You know what? She, you ask her questions about her, her loss, her losses, and she still got a smile on her face because she knows who she believes in. This is the dash we're talking about. How are you living your little bit of life? We are a vapor. We are a puff of smoke. We come and go that fast. Look at the years 30 years ago. Did it go fast? People? Yes. It's gone yeah. in a blink of an eye. Scripture says to delight ourselves in God. Now, how do we do that? We get to know him. Spend time with him. Talk about him. He loves it when he hears his name in conversation in a good way, not in a slur. Tell others about him. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Think about him all the time. Put him first in all things. Do you think that would delight him? Yes. What about your spouse? Are you getting to know your spouse better? Or your children? Or your friend? Are you spending time with them? Tom would be saying stuff like, well, there you go again. I just see the back of your head. And I remember Greg saying one time, I'm so glad you're sharing her with us. You know, Tom knows that I'm going to be running around and all. And he does come with me most of the time. But I spend time with him. We have our dinners together and we just spend time together. And we talk about these messages. I talk about Tom, don't I? Do I talk about Tom? Yes. I do. I talk about these wonderful things, the wonderful things. So I'm talking about him. I tell others about Tom. I acknowledge Tom in all my ways as I think about Tom. Um, and I put him first in my life. Of course, besides God, of course. This is what I'm saying. But in relationship, what are we doing with our dash with each other? Matthew 5, 3 through 13. I'm going to read this. Matthew 5. You're very familiar with this passage. It's the be attitudes. It's an attitude. You're going to be it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Not, oh, maybe they might be filled. No, they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, because that would happen to the prophets before you. I'll tell you what, that's our dash. You want to be blessed? And there's another, I guess, a, a announcement about what is an abbreviation or a um, description of blessed is 
to be happy and envied by others. They're going to want what you want. They're going to come to you and go, hey, how did you get that? How did you get that blessed? How did you get that blessed? It's like in our Bible study, how did Isaac get so blessed? Because of the promise God made to his father and because Isaac chose to also follow after God's footsteps. See, we're all responsible for ourselves. I can't go, well, my mother took me to church, so I'm just going to hang on her apron strings. No, we're responsible for our own lives and our own choices. And Isaac actually did make some better choices than his father. Praise God. He learned a little bit. I don't know God's sovereignty. I mean, excuse me. I don't have sovereignty, and I don't really know all of God's sovereignty, but I do know that he would hope that all would be saved. I don't know how he's going to do it. I have a friend, Kathy. She just passed away. She had two or three strokes. She's a little older than me. I've known her for about 45 years. She was in the hospital. And a friend of mine goes to her bedside and begins to pray with her. And she goes with her head. Don't pray for me. She says, but God loves you. She dies. But it says in here, but God would have all men to be saved. So I believe this. Because she's heard the gospel. She was around me a little while. The minute she closes her eyes to take her last breath, I believe God has a way of getting to you. In between that time, the twilight zone, you might say, before we do our final because he would all men to be saved. So I have to look at it and say, I believe she's there. What am I going to do? Not? You want to you believe, right? You want to live in hope today. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says, For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who would have all men saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend died rejecting God's love. Do you know why? Because she didn't feel worthy of his love. She didn't feel worthy of his love. There are people that I know, and there's a specific person, I can't remember their name, but they, they heard the gospel, they received Christ, they even manifested the power of the presence of God. But yet, because of the choices they made in their life, they are farther from God today than ever before because they don't think God loves them anymore. In the scriptures we learned today in the Bible study that God loves us yesterday, today, and forever. That person doesn't understand the depthness of God. Maybe we need to make a copy of that roll there and send it to everybody home to let them know God is eternal and his love is eternal. We are to live salty lives. I want to, is there anybody you want to be around? You just, you just feel good when you're with them. You just know you're going to be blessed. You just know you get to enjoy some good food. Kelly is one. We've got lots of people in here we love to be around. They just are salty. They taste good. You want to lick them. All right? <laughs> well, horses lick salt, right? They just, you know, they, because they know that it's healthy for them. 
Uh, let me give you a little history of salt. Salt is a very common substance in the soil as well as the sea. However, the amount of salt in most soil is very, very low. Plants need a small amount of salinity to survive. Since salt is one of the nutrients necessary for plants to grow, so the presence of some salt is necessary. However, salt water has a high concentration of the mineral, which is why it can be poisonous to most plants. So too much of a good thing might not be such a good thing. And right now, the doctors tell you, cut out the salt. Don't eat the salt. Because our bodies are really salty. When you cry, aren't your tears salty? Yeah. So we are made up of a lot of salt. We are to live salty lives. Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its saltiness, do you want to eat anything without salt? I'm telling you what, it tastes horrible, like cardboard. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden underfoot of them. I'll take my food and throw it out if it doesn't have enough salt on it. Just a little, you know, just something. Just that little flavor. We help things grow with salt. We make things flavorful. I like to be around salty people. But too much salt, of course, can kill. Everything in moderation, moderation, moderation. Wow. I, I think we, we just need a little balance. A little bit can go a long way. So I have to ask you this question. In our dash, that place where we live, who is the mothers of this world, and who are the children, and who are the sisters, and who are the relatives. Jesus said this, While ye yet talk to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak to him. Then one said to him, Behold, your mother and your brethren are standing outside. They want to speak to you, but there's so many people they can't get in. But he answered and said to them, Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of the Father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother, my sister, and my mother. Let that sink. Jesus said, Who does the will of my Father is called brother, sister, and mother. We're in relationship. It's a relationship. It's not a have to. It's a relationship with the Father. So what we choose here will determine our next phase. Heaven or hell. What we do with our little dash. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. For by faith are you saved. Nothing you can do, but you can only be saved. Because the Bible says in this scripture... With God, all things are possible. You know, he's talking about salvation there. Because we always use that, with God, all things are possible, and it's just posted there. But if you read the whole passage, it's talking about who can be saved. With God, all things are possible. It says you must be born again in the Spirit of God. Confess your sins. Don't hide and run thinking, oh, God doesn't see it, so I'm just not going to look at it. No, he, he sees it all. 
Hold fast that which is true, and those who endure, endure to the end will be saved. Ouch. You know, there's a lot of people that receive Christ as their Savior, thousands and thousands, and they, they kind of changed a little bit, but then they go right back to where they used to be. And they think, well, I'm, I'm saved, so I'll get to he heaven by the skin of my teeth. So they're living this way. It says, hold fast what is true, and those who endure to the end shall be saved. It's not by works that we're saved, but our faith will display if we believe. <laughs> our life will display what we believe. We are bought with a great price. I have to tell a story right now. It's just the most phenomenal story I've heard. It just made me cry when I heard it. So this man, he loved his son so much. And they shared a lot together. They collected really rare artwork, like from Da Vinci and from uh, Rembrandt and, and all those other people. Lots of beautiful paintings. He had millions and millions of dollars worth of collections. Well, his son goes to war and is killed by saving somebody else's life. A couple months later, this young man comes to his door with a box. And he says, I'm the, the, the man that your son saved. And I have a gift for you. He opens it up and it's a portrait, a painting that he did of the son. He saw the picture and he goes, what do I owe you? He goes, you don't have to owe me anything. I did it for you. So a couple months later, the man dies. They're going to auction off all this artwork and, and, and collectibles. And just people from everywhere, people from everywhere to sit and wait for that particular item to come up so they can bid on it. The first one that comes up is what? The picture of the sun. So he puts the picture up and says, okay, who will put a, a bid on this? We don't want that one. We want the Rembrandt. We want the other ones. You know, get rid of that one. And he goes, no, we need to go to here first. Who wants this picture? Some guy on the way back. $10. Okay, do we have 20? Do we have 20? Going, going, gone for $10. Okay, everybody, you can leave now because the auction is over. Because whoever was going to buy the son got all the inheritance. Oh, wow. Got the pictures, got the land, got the estate. That man of $10 paid for that and got all of it. And that's how it is in our dash. What are we doing with our dash with Jesus? Are we really being sold out for him in all ways? I think that that story... It just, it just hits me. It hits me hard, hard in my heart. Because with God, all things are possible. And when we choose the Son, He gives us the inheritance. He gives us everything we need. That song I said, it says, All I have need of, His hand will provide. He's always been faithful to me. Can you say the same thing? Heaven is real. If it were not so, Jesus would have told you, because you don't lie. Season, the next season, choose. 
your life will display what that choice is, heaven or hell. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, then I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Why would Jesus prepare a house for us now? There's a lot of people that think when you're dead, you sleep. And you're in the ground or doing something. I don't know where they're at. But I believe we go immediately in the presence of the Father because he made little mansions for us in heaven. Otherwise, the houses are empty. Who's there? Who's living in, the, who's living in these houses? Our relatives and our ancestors. Because later you will see a new heaven and a new earth. So he's going to take this old heaven and new heaven, old earth, and he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. So in the meantime, this heaven are for those who have gone into eternity. When the new heaven is created, we will be made into a glorious body to reside in the new heaven and the new earth. He takes his word seriously by saying, do not put old wine into new wine skins. And he's going to do the same thing. He's not going to take the old earth and mix it around and change it. He's going to get rid of it and start a new heaven and a new earth. That's just what I think the scripture says to me. Matthew 19 says, when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who can be saved then? Jesus said, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So season four, thousand year reign, I'm not going to get into the theology about it, but it says in Revelation 24, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. That's a mystery. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. Season 5, new heaven and the new earth. Revelation 3, it says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no man take your crown. Sometimes it'll go, <clears throat> boop. Sometimes it'll, boop. Sometimes it'll fall on the ground. I'll grab it, put back on. Him that overcome will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and she, he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then it goes on to say, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Living on earth is but a moment. Let's make that moment count. Choose to obey. Choose to believe. Choose to forgive. Choose to let go. Let it go. Let it go. Remember? Let it go. Because those who endure to the end will be saved. Matthew 10, 22. You can't receive Christ and then go and live like the world. We will be accountable 
for all that we have done. We don't go to heaven by works. We get to heaven by faith in Christ, and we live that faith. So my conclusion of this is, I believe we are living our dash accordingly in this church because you're here. I believe you're here because you want to serve God, you love God, you want to have communion with Him, you want to have fellowship, you love the people. When uh, Grace comes to me, she goes, I just love being here, it's like home. I hope that you're feeling that way because that's what we hope you do with your dash. We aren't perfect, but our lives are hitting Christ just the same. Our life is brief. It is a dash. Our existence is just a moment in time. What will you do with your dash? Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you in the power and the might of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking, Father, to enlighten upon every person the truth that makes them free, to live an honest and integrous life, to live an obedient life, because we love you, not because we have to obey, but because we love you. Father, help us to find somebody that's a little older than us, maybe, like Wanda, and have a little talk with her to find out how she made it to 100 years old. Lord, we want our dash to last. We do. Nobody wants to die, really. I mean, everybody wants to go and be with you, of course. We know that's the ultimate thing, but... What are we doing today with our lives? Are we really impacting one another? So, Lord, I'm asking you to give us each an insight as we leave today. Who can I impact today with my dash? <laughs> and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.